from Northern Stage. This is Within the Wall. I'm James Whitman. Be aware, this episode features some adult language and references to domestic abuse, self-harm and suicide. If you find these topics distressing, please skip to the next episode. The Biker Pantry is a food cooperative serving the biker community. It's right in the heart of the estate, next door to the Biker Community Trust, and is run by Anne and Mike Ledra. My name's Anne, this is Mike, and we are the volunteer coordinators of the Biker Pantry. And we've been here six years, and prior to that, we're part of a church, an amazing church, called Life Vineyard Church, and we used to, as a church, run a food bank. And as we journeyed through life with people, we realised that Although food banks are a vital part of what we do, we wanted to try and find something better, a better way of supporting and helping and encouraging. So we decided that we could try and do this food cooperative. So our aim is to halve people's food bills, to give them dignity about the food that they choose. It's about supporting people in difficult times. It's about laughing with people. And it's been amazing. The journey we've been on has been amazing. We aim to have something that looks like a shop and operates like a shop so that there's no, you have to buy this or you can only choose that. Mm. Because everybody deserves to have choice. And that's the thing that you don't get with food banks Mm. and a lot of other food projects. You can have one of these or two of those or whatever. And people have told us, you know, that you end up with food that actually you haven't got enough to make a meal with. And so this is why it's different. Mm. And because it's open to literally anybody who lives in Biker or works in Biker or have children at school in Biker, there's no means testing, there's no criteria apart from that you're part of Biker to be a member. So it's open to everybody. Yeah. And that's the important thing. So there's no stigma in coming in. Then everybody comes in and they're usually happy and they're chatty and we get to hear a lot of all the problems and situations that they're going through, which sometimes you just think, how on earth do you keep going? But they do. People come in just to be cheered up sometimes. That's one of the main roles. And in fact, to to me, that side of it, the community space and interactions are more important than the food. Absolutely, 100%. Because that's where we get to to really help people. And we have people from different cultures different ethnicities we have conversations about food Mm -hmm. we have people apologizing to us because they don't understand any english and i say but your english is so much better than my afghan we have people from different age brackets we've got a couple of young parents who came in the other day with their new baby which is very Mm. exciting yeah so we'll be looking forward to seeing this yeah this this new one and uh and they came in And we've got some very much older people as well who just want to be social. And often they'll come in and they'll go out and then they'll come back again. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got people that will just come in for a chat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's when you know that it's going right because that's that's what that's really important. Yeah. They're, they're happy to come in and chat or just come in and chill. That's why we have have a, that, have a jigsaw puzzle on, which is yeah. this one is horrendous. But, um, it? <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not even going to try it till someone has done a lot more than that because it's just all put one or two pieces in it. Exactly, it's all green, and I just don't get it. But actually, that's been interesting focus 
since we introduced that, yeah. that people can just chill and do a puzzle. And it's an excuse to be sitting there relaxing and enjoying and chatting. Because there are no criteria for membership beyond that you're connected to Biker, there are many paths to the pantry. Kaylee is a long-time member and she told me about her experiences. My name's Kaylee. The first time I came to Biker Pantry was when I had my little girl who she is five. And I was really struggling at the time. Like I was just saying to you, some survivor of domestic violence. And it was, I was on my own because I lost quite a lot of friends and a lot of people. Like I've got them back now, but at the time I was quite lonely, didn't know really know anybody around here, even though I've lived here for a long time. I heard about Baker Pantry through just one of the leaflets and I came in and to be honest with you, I've never left <laughs> because they are like a family. They'll help you in any way you can, either can, not just with like the little bit shopping you might need or the food, but emotional support, like financial. I've had a grant to get bunk beds when I needed them off them. They're just amazing. Like, especially how to make themselves. Like, you could tell them anything. They're not judgmental. They just make you feel welcome. And I've recommended a lot to my friends to come here who have when they've been struggling. And now, to be honest, I don't actually really come for shopping. I just come for a catch-up and just to sit in a warm space with, with friends, basically. And I feel like on my down days, I can come here and, especially Anne, she'll know when I'm being a bit like, ooh, having a bit of a crappy day and she'll she'll make us feel 100% better. Mm-hmm. It's just a really good resource for biker and it doesn't feel like, I think people are ashamed sometimes to go to a food bank, but this doesn't feel like that, like... It just feels like you're going for your shopping for a little bit, like less money than you would pay for it at the shops. Mm. And they've always got lots of free stuff, like, you know, like clothes, bedding, and you feel free to take them if you want. And it's helped my mental health a lot. And because they know me past and I've been here for so long, they'll know when I'm having a down day. And sometimes when I am, the only place I would go if it was open, obviously it's Tuesday and Thursday, it's open. But I'll come here and I'll sit for 10 minutes and I could feel a bit, upset and a bit like oh everything's got on top of us but as soon as I sat for like 10 minutes I just feel amazing yeah yeah it's just they've helped us more like than they'll know all of them have like especially Anna and Mike and it's just there's never any judgment it you don't feel like you can't tell them anything because you're scared or whatever you could literally tell them anything and they'll go out of the way to help you and I honestly feel like if it wasn't here lots of people would be sitting in the house, freezing with no food in the house because they didn't have electric or they didn't have, like, food. And coming here, like, I've had help with universal credit that I've just recently gone on to. I've had help with, like I say, grants in the past for me bunk beds and then I was struggling because I didn't have any money for me electric and I got a grant for it to be put on that. And that was a massive weight off my shoulders. And it gave us that little bit extra time to get on top of what I needed to. And... Everybody, I rave everybody about it because some people don't. Some people think it's oh, I'm going to the pantry. I'm not doing that. But as soon as they come in here, it's it's like a totally different space. It doesn't feel like you're walking in and everyone's going oh, what they there for? What's here there? For? You know what I mean? Like it's you just come in, you're part of the family as soon as you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the first time you've been or the hundredth time you've been, you honestly feel like part of the family when you leave. It's amazing, honestly. It's like if it wasn't here. I don't think 
a lot of people, especially people I know as well, would have food in the cupboards or get that help that they need for advice for electric and your universal credit because they do that and they help you in any way they can. And if they can't help you, they refer you to other places who can help you. So it's it's an amazing... I think we're lucky in Biker to have the Biker Pantry because it's just like... it's When I first came... I, didn't, I mean, it's been here for years, obviously, and I hadn't been. And when I first came, I didn't know what it was all about. But now I would... I always tell people, if you need help, go down there. Like, if you don't have any money, they'll help you get some shopping in. It's not like they're going to go in and go, you can't have anything because you've got no money. Because they do, they help you. And it's just one of those things where you'll feel like really crap and you'll come here and you feel better. Mm. It's just, I, I can't say good enough things about it. It's just absolutely amazing. Anne and Mike are pretty open about the biker pantry being an expression of their Christian faith. And this informs many aspects of what they originally called the Extraordinary Project. One Tuesday, I arrived at the pantry before they opened, and the gang were kind enough to let me record this. So Father God, we just come before you. We, we thank you for every gift that you give us, for every blessing that we have. And we ask, Father, that you'd help us to be a blessing to those that pop in through these doors today. Lord, we just pray you give us a listening ear and help us to understand and recognise the challenges people are facing. And Lord, we pray that you would just help us to be your hands and feet in this place, in this moment. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come and move amongst us and be with us and be our power today as we seek to serve you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. And even bless Stevie, though he's throwing yoghurt all over the ground for no apparent reason. That was my fault. That was her fault. This mix of sincerity and silliness is just one of the reasons people feel so comfortable at the pantry. But for one member of the co-op in particular, the perception that the pantry is a church-run project was a reason to stay away. Claire told me about her reservations. Hi, my name's Claire. I live in Biker. I've been here about five years. I first came to the pantry about three years after hearing about the pantry. I heard that it was run by an evangelical church group, and so I wouldn't come here because I've had some experiences in the past with other churches. And then one day, there was a knock on the door from a friend who said, I'm going down to the pantry, you're coming too. So I had to come down to the pantry and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. They're friendly here and welcoming and all the fears were not justified as it turned out. And I went away with several bags of food for hardly any money, which was very nice. And I've become one of of the faithful customers since then. I'm here pretty much every week, sometimes twice a week. Mostly I come for cheap cake and cheap bread rather than for cheap vegetables because I'm not very healthy. But they understand that. They don't mind me walking away with an apple turnover rather than a carrot. It's it's been a good place to come. A, it saved me a lot of money. And in the last month I haven't been to any other food shop apart from the pantry. I'll have to at some point, but I don't want to. This is much easier. It's much smaller. You don't get a free cup of tea in the supermarket. So I'll be here for the foreseeable future, buying tins of beans, 
for 12 and a half pence, I've just bought a big bag of multicolored Christmas pasta. And I know it's the end of January, but tonight I'm going to make a Christmas pasta bake because I missed out at Christmas. Actually, that's not true. I bought some Christmas pasta from here before Christmas. It just cost slightly more. It was still cheap. Every now and again, they do invite you to a church event, but it's it's not pushy. It's not, you must come here, you must worship Jesus or be damned. It's, and I've been to one church event with them because they had a barbecue with lots of free burgers. So that was going to get me there, wasn't it? You can't get me singing the songs, but I will eat your food quite happily. I'd, I'd recommend coming to the pantry, seeing what it's like. And if people don't like it, they don't have to come back. Nothing's lost. But you might find friendships here. I've found friends here. And we've met up in other places. The stories Kaylee and Claire shared are typical of what people have told me about the Piker Pantry. For Anne and Mike, providing this sense of belonging is just as important as providing affordable food. I think the thing is, with food banks, it's a bit like putting a plaster on a cut. It's a temporary solution. And what we were trying to do here is to make a long-term solution for people. Mm. And we've got people that were our customers from day one, and they're still coming in. Six years later. Yeah. Mm. And I, I volunteer with us as yeah. well, which is brilliant. Yeah. We've got a lady who was volunteering with us for a long, long time, and she's had some real tragedies in her life. And um, she was working as a seasonal worker in a local store until Christmas, and she's come in this week. She needed help with her CV. We were able to update it for her. And Mike typed it out for her. And she's now got it on her smartphone. And she's starting work next week. Full time. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. She's very excited about this new job. Very excited. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a permanent job. But when we first knew her, she couldn't give eye contact. Her confidence her levels were phenomenal now. Self-esteem was in yeah. in her boots it just didn't exist and as she came to volunteer with us she grew and she gained confidence and she learned some IT stuff that we do and she's now just she's just going to fly she, she's going to thrive in life it's interesting because the job that she's got when I when she showed me I said wow really I wouldn't have imagined her getting to that point yeah, by now, and you're thinking, you're going to be really good at this, mate. You're yeah, going to yeah. have a great time. And actually, I say that's really what it's about. Yeah. And we have a great team, and we don't wear labels or uniforms or anything. We're all in it together with the community. Mm. And so I, we don't want any separation. Yeah. But yeah. we have other people coming. We have a, an amazing, phenomenal lady called Linda from CAP Christians Against Poverty. And she is mind-blowingly brilliant at what she does and helping people and I've never met anybody quite like her actually I just you know everybody wants you know if they've got if if, if there's a problem finances wide or something like that then then we direct her to them um, and she's amazing what she does yeah um yeah we have um people coming to do cooking courses in here and uh it's basically it's just to build the community up because biker has been let down and it needs building up. 
Yeah. And the people are amazing. I mean, you get, yeah. get some troubled people, but, you know, most of the people are just lovely and they're just trying their best to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whatever we can do to help them is, um, is what we're about. Yeah. Anne and Mike are always quick to recognise the contributions of the pantry's many volunteers. I first met Stevie at Northern Stages Cultural Encounters Group. He's what Geordies would call a proper grafter. And he told me what volunteering at the Biker Pantry means to him. My name is Stephen Office. I, at the moment I'm in remission from cancer, which I've had a 10 year battle with. I'm slowly getting back to normal. I enjoy going to church, St Luke's, Kingdom Church and the Green at War's End. Uh, I'm 62, active, keep myself busy as much as I can and I also do a lot of volunteering and I've been here since, oh, since it opened, it's been out in six, six years. So what was it about this place in particular that made you think I want to spend some of my time there? Hey, the welcome, pleasant, made you feel at ease, give it a little bit more confidence to speak to people in a crowd because I used to get paranoia. You just get uncomfortable and feel on edge because they weren't really talking to us, they were just looking at us for all the surgery I've had and it used to just make us feel uncomfortable, paranoid. And same with shops, I'd go in a shop, somebody'd stay, I'd just go out the shop. I wouldn't get well wanted, I just couldn't nah, nah. I've had a lot of skin cancer on my face I've had me, all my nose totally rebuilt and it isn't what it was before I got the cancer. It's a little bit crooked. If you didn't know, is like the people doing here and my friends and the ones at church, you'd think I was an ex cokehead. It's been all on my face and it's affected my speech. And when I had it, I couldn't pronounce my words, so I do my name and Army style, Sierra Tango, Echo, Victor, Echo, November. Because we had no teeth for four years, they couldn't understand when I was trying to see them. So, did you lose your teeth? I had to get taken off for radiotherapy right. in chemo. I was given the choice, you can get them out now, or you can wait, you have your treatment, and they'll just come out anyway, they'll just fall off, fall out with it. Because just, just there's something of bones in you. It weakens my son, so I'll take them out now then. I'm not allowed to have coveries anymore. How come? So the really therapy I've had around here, if I have two of the coveries, it starts me throat and makes me nose poor and it gets sore. The same with the sudden cold weather. So do you have to eat quite plain food? No, no, I have pizzas and that. Uh, I can eat meat. Like, I, can eat, I can eat certain stuff from my teeth in. Well, that's when I want to take them out. If I take them out and I eat, there's a chance it may just come out of my nose. Same right. with a cup of tea. I take my teeth out, drink a cup of tea, it normally just comes up my nose because I've got a hole in the palate. So as soon as I drink it goes through the hole and just come and I can't prevent it, I can't stop it. So it spoils mine and it spoils their meal. Hmm. See, these are alright with it. But I need more stuff. Apart from stuff I like. <laughs> I just like dog shot, but I can't eat it. It's too hard. And if I try Eating it with a cup of tea, I make too much mess. Because I'm the excessive saliva after five years. 
I couldn't miss that. I'd get a spray off the top. I'd spray that in your mouth. It stops from drying out completely. Now, that makes a lot of remedy excessive. I had different medication and none of it's worked. So I said, well, if you can it so I'll just put up with it. Well, that's all I can do. Just cope with it the best way I can, which I've done for the last 10 years. Do you find, like, being really busy helps with that? It helps me a lot. Because if I sit and do nothing, I'll just start thinking. So I try to keep my mind occupied. Take one day at a time. I've had nine years grace, because I shouldn't be here. You know, some people said, like, Stevie, you've had a shit deal with life. Does it affect me? No. Do you see me down the dumps? No. Because what you see is what I want you to see. Even if I was hurting, I wouldn't tell you. I'd rather just go home and deal with myself instead of involving people around us. Because it puts it onto them. Anne's all right with it. She can sense it when there's something like this. Anne's been that tough a few times, you know. Stevie's main partner in crime, the large to his little, is Anne and Mike's son, Adam. The first time I met him, Adam told me a truly horrendous dad joke about mind-activated air fresheners. It makes sense, if you think about it. <laughs> like Stevie, Adam has his own reasons for volunteering at the Biker Pantry. So my name's Adam, Adam and Mike are my parents, and there's very little I won't do for them. So I do the pickups on a Tuesday, we get donations from some of the local shops and that feeds into the system. It tops up what we can present to the people that need to use the pantry. I'm going to avoid the phrase service users because I really don't like that. But yeah, so myself and one of the lads, Stevie, I believe you've interviewed him, we go out on a Tuesday, we visit some of the shops and we pick up donations in a little Citroen C1 and we try and fit God knows how many donations from a fantastic community in my tiny little car and bring it back and it all gets sorted and dated and put out on shelves. I started doing it because, so I have mental health issues. I have some quite severe mental health issues. I'm diagnosed with something called borderline personality disorder, which means that any day can go from good to suicidal in about five minutes. Right. The fastest it's ever gone from a good day to a bad day is, I think it was about 30 seconds. You could time it. I've attempted suicide a lot of times. I'm covered in scars from self-harm and self-mutilation. I had a mental health crisis at the start of the year, start of last year, sorry, April, where I uh, took a massive overdose. And as part of trying to find things to occupy my time and, and give me a reason to keep going, the idea of doing the pickups on Tuesdays came up and I get on really well with Stevie, so I just do them now. It just becomes part of my week. So my reason for, for, for surviving, or one of my many reasons for surviving, is because the people of Biker Pantry and the people of Biker as a whole rely on those donations mm. and I know that if I stopped doing them that the slack would be picked up by someone but I also have the inside knowledge of knowing that the team here do an awful lot and let's face it they're not getting any younger they've not got the energy that they used to have mm. like I'm, I'm a young man I can expend energy quite easily yeah 
So stepping in and doing those pickups is nothing. It's a couple of hours on a Tuesday where I can give back and feel good about myself. Yeah. So it's a very selfish thing to do in, in, in terms of the grander scheme of things, but it's something that keeps me going. There's people who have gone through some serious mental health issues that have managed to get themselves to a position where they're willing to open up and willing to reach out for help. If I can be even at a fraction of what gets them to that place, to be able to open up, to be able to consider therapy, group work, whatever it is, however it manifests itself, if I can be even a fraction of the reason they get to there, then that's a that's a good life. I grew up with great privilege, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was an asshole. I was an absolute idiot. I threw away every opportunity that I was given. My parents worked very hard for me to have the life that I live. I did some really, really wrong stuff when I was a kid that I continue to pay the price for, that I, quite frankly, deserve to pay the price for. I grew up from a place of extreme privilege and I threw that away. And now that I'm... I mean, I'm almost 30. I've attempted suicide god knows how many times but if me not being ashamed of my mental health helps a young man from biker it's worth it in the end yeah like if they look at me because i'm through i'm going through therapy still and if that shows someone that it's okay to be weak sometimes Mm -hmm. it's okay to be vulnerable yeah it's okay to let those thoughts exist and speak them out, you know. I think it's it's really important that that message is is provided, especially in the northeast, especially to men. Yeah, there's been a culture of men have to be big and strong and never worry about anything and always have everything, you know, under their thumb. And and I think in the northeast in particular, that message is reinforced by the culture of young men not really caring about the consequences for their actions. I think it's gotten to a point where a lot of men in the Northeast are really struggling and really struggling with things that they are led to believe they shouldn't be struggling with. Mm-hmm. And if me walking around with my scars on show or explaining that I'm going through therapy... Or just taking a time to step outside and have a cigarette with someone and have a deeper conversation. If that gets someone to the position where they go to the NHS and they say, look, I'm in dire need of help. Can you give me something to help? Whether that be medication or therapy or whatever, that is a success. I chatted with Adam like this for over an hour. The whole time he was as earnest as his mum and as quick to laugh as his dad. So it was hard for me to hear Adam say he doesn't think he deserves parents like Anne and Mike because of the mistakes he's made in the past. Something Anne and Mike told me about gentle perseverance might explain the sense of purpose Adam has found at the Biker Pantry. I mean, we hadn't had any trouble. We had one episode quite early on and it was a dark winter's night and some lads came along with a wheelie bin and they decided to tip it outside our main door. And 
I just thought, you know, there's two ways of dealing with this. So I went and got some rubber gloves. I put a pair on and I gave one of them a pair of rubber gloves and I said, oh dear, I don't know how that mess got there, but we need to clear it up. And they helped me. They helped me put the stuff back in the bin. It was just a, a wonderful moment, really. We have had a few people that haven't been totally honest with us. Mm. And we have realised, not at the time, but afterwards, when when we became aware of the proper issues and the proper story. It's an interesting problem because we have to treat everybody equally. And sometimes you think, you're taking a mickey really, aren't you? There's something not quite right here. But I think you've got to give people the benefit of the doubt unless they're really, really taking you for a ride. Because you don't know what else is going on. You don't know why they're not telling you the truth. Unfortunately, it's a rarity. For instance, you know, we've had every so often someone's pinched something from the pantry. But it's such a rarity. My attitude is, okay, well, we'll just live with that for now. If it got out of hand, then we'd have to do something about it. But why should everyone else live under the thought that, oh, they're watching us? Because one person's pinched something once. You've got to instill trust. If people don't trust us, then something's gone fundamentally wrong. And it's hard to generate that trust if your behaviour demonstrates that you don't trust Yeah, people. absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, I'll help anybody, and sometimes it backfires. And you have to roll with it, because most people you help, it's going to be okay. That's a fact of life. That's a reality of, of being in a situation where you are helping people, is that sometimes it isn't going to work. You know, people will make their own mistakes, and, and quite often you can't stop them from doing that. But you have to think, okay, I can see yeah, I can see you're going on a course of action that isn't going to end well. And I've said that I don't think you should do that, but they'll do that. And you're thinking, okay, and at the end, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> like Jenny's well-being mornings at the Chevron, the most important thing about the biker pantry isn't what it says on the sign outside. It's knowing that, come what may, there's somewhere you'll be welcome for a coffee and a chat, where someone needs your help with a jigsaw puzzle, and where no dad joke gets left behind. Man walks into a bar with a giraffe. He says to the barkeep, um, yeah, can I have a pint for me and the mate here? Points at the giraffe. Bartender looks a bit confused, but says sure. Puts out two pints. They both drink them. Can we have another pint? Both drink them. Can we have another pint? Both drink him. The draft falls over, passes out on the barroom floor. And the man that came in with the draft just gets up and goes to leave. The bartender says, hey, you can't leave that lie in there. He says, it's not a lie, it's a draft. You are more than welcome. You are absolutely welcome. Within the Wall was produced by James Whitman as part of a reInvent residency with Northern Stage. In this episode, you heard the voices of Anne and Mike Ledra, Kaylee, Claire, Stevie and Adam. And some lo-fi beats by Coma Studio. <laughs>